You're listening to the Happy Doc Student Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing clarity to the often mysterious doctoral process. Do you feel like you're losing your mind? Let me and my guests show you how to put more joy in your journey and graduate with your sanity, health, and relationships intact. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Frederick, and today I'm so excited to welcome Don Davis. Don is an executive coach, keynote speaker, and author. His book, Overcommitted, How to Transform Your Habits and Achieve the Life You Desire, focuses on how to set a vision for where you want your life to go and how to achieve what you want most without being overcommitted. Don, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Heather. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, so true confession, I have selfishly been looking forward to this podcast because being overcommitted is something that I struggle with truly on a daily basis. I know most of my audience does as well, so I can't wait to learn from you today. Why don't we start with you giving us a little bit of the backstory? What was the catalyst for writing this book about being overcommitted? Yeah, so the timing of the book really was that I was actually visiting with my daughter and I found out that she was doing some of the same things that I've done previously in my life as well, leading to like, how do you manage kids? How do you manage school on top of having, you know, children and a life and family and all of this stuff? And um, so with all of that, it just really got me thinking about right now is the time. I also had another book that was already started. I was already working with a editor and publisher and things like that and was honestly a little frustrated by the process. And so I was like, you know what? I would like to just put all of this on hold. I'm going to put this one on hold. I'm going to go finish this other book and I'll come back to this one whenever I so choose. With that, I I uh, you know just sort of started down this path of pulling all the pieces together, the reality is I'm an overcommitter myself. I'm somebody who has spent a lot of my life sort of saying, okay, so does this lead me to where I want to go or does it not? And and things like that. But I also should probably start maybe with the definition a little bit of, you know, what is overcommitment? Um, and I and I really define this in the book. I mean, so I give you kind of a textbook definition of what I think overcommitment is. It's It's really you know, this moment in your life where you might be working on many more things than there are of in available hours in a day. However, there's a secondary part of that too, that you might be working on actually working on things that are leading you to a space that you're not necessarily wanting to go. And so both of those kind of dimensions are, in my mind anyway, what leads to overcommitment. You could be overcommitted in doing stuff that doesn't necessarily go in a direction in your life that you want to go, hence the recalibration on the book that I talked about a moment ago. And then secondarily, you also could just have so many things in your in your calendar. You hear people say quite frequently, I'm double booked or triple booked. Well, re- in reality, you, you know, you, you can't really do three things. So you're going to have to choose at the end of the day anyway. So, you know, just how do you manage that was kind of what I had in mind as I started to pull together the pieces of the book. So where do you start with someone who comes to you and says, I'm an overcommitter, help? Do you start with the practical time? Let's make sure you're not double and triple booked. Or do you start with this, which I'm fascinated by, this kind of psychological 
aspect where you're asking, wait, let's ask if these tasks are even bringing you closer to this vision you have. Sometimes I have found I get so overcommitted, I lose track of what my vision is. (laughs) Yeah, early in the stages of the book, I sort of have people work through an exercise of actually formulating what specifically do you want to work on in your life? For years, I had professional goals. Every year in the large corporations that I worked for, you had to sort of come together and formulate what was it that you were going to deliver for that particular year. Until very late in my career, I never even thought about having personal goals, never even thought about, you know, what do I want to work on with myself in this year? And so what I guide the reader through is let's go through the exercise of developing what I call categories in your life. What are those categories? I sort of have four categories that I want to work on, personal, professional, financial, and fitness. Those are my four. And in those four categories, how do I, you know, really make sure that the things that I do calibrate with one of those four categories? And then we still all have things that fall outside of that. But, you know, I I sort of walk you through a a process of, you know, let's try and go through um, developing those categories to start. And then also on my website, I offer for anybody that's interested a, a free way to go through that as well. You can go to my website and then actually look up the overcommitment cleanse is what it's called. It walks you from developing categories to eventually, you know, developing goals and then just sort of recalibrating in a week's time period the things that are in your life to try and get you from that that overcommitted stage to a committed stage is what I call it. An overcommitment cleanse. That sounds, <laughs> just when you said that word, my body just kind of relaxed. That sounds so amazing. And this idea of coming up with categories and getting clear on where you want to spend your time, it seems so logical. Why don't you do it? But, but most people don't do it. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, it was funny because as I, as I started pulling together the pieces of the book and then talking to, I had three editors, you know, through, throughout, you know, the book writing process. And so I had somebody that was working with like the structure of the book and the components of the book with me. And we were having good conversations, meaty conversations about her overcommitments as well. And, and so we were talking about, you know, how can this all come together? And she saw in my sort of crib notes in the very back, she saw that I mentioned this overcommitment cleanse. And it was one of the reasons why I came up with it was because I started to think through as I went through it, I'm a fairly logical and structured person. That's the way I run my life and and things like that. But even with that, I still have to manage my own overcommitments. And so you know, how do you take somebody that maybe doesn't know how to do this and teach them the the way to go through the different steps to actually get to it? Are there steps that you could lead us through a few of maybe your favorite ones or some of the basic ones so that people can kind of sink their teeth into what it is you're talking about? So I love acronyms. I try and come up with things, you know, in terms of, you know, structure for how do I think about the ways that I'm overcommitted and how do I think about ways to get not overcommitted? And so I describe in the, again, in the book, 
this idea of an, the overcommitment DARE, and DARE is an acronym. First letter in the acronym is D, and that stands for delegate. And so I would ask anybody that is overcommitted, first of all, if there are things that don't align with the categories in your life, or they don't necessarily lead you to where you want to go, or maybe they're just things that are time commitments, are there ways that you can appropriately delegate to other people around you? And sometimes that delegation isn't necessarily like, you know, you're a manager and you're delegating down. Sometimes it's delegating to a peer or possibly even delegating to a manager, right? And saying, you know, hey, look, this doesn't really fit necessarily what I feel like I should be working on. Could we have a conversation about other people that might be a better fit for this actual task and might actually be more beneficial for them? And and what I found through doing this across several years is that you actually wind up um, spotlighting people for the things that they do well and sometimes that's seen as a as a great contribution to a lot of different organizations as well. And so I would first start with delegate, you know, in the in the DARE acronym. And I'll pause there for any questions that you might have. Happy to go through the rest of the, the acronym as well. Delegation is something we talk a lot about on this podcast, because if you're going to school and you have a job and you have a family and you've got friends, there's a lot on your plate. And the audience tends to be people who are very competent, right? These are the people who say, yes, I want to be in a doctoral program. So you're used to doing things and doing them well on your own. Right? You usually right. ask for help or, or delegate. And so as you were talking, I was thinking, wow, here's where I think the shift came for me. It's not necessarily that you're asking for help. It's Look around for opportunities where you could shine a light on someone else's strengths while you're getting back more time for yourself. And maybe that's children doing laundry or cooking a meal or organizing something in the home. Maybe it's a situation at work, like you were saying, with other peers or team members. Maybe it's academically. Maybe you need to delegate editing a, a paper. Sending, right? sending your paper out to editing because that would be a smart, time-saving move. Yeah, I, I love that because it's one of the things that as as I started to form the book, I mean, I needed help. As much as I, I formed the ideas and yes, it's my writing and things like that that went into the book. However, you still need help from the outside. And how do you leverage other people to sort of benefit those things? My 90-year-old mother live, lives with us since my father passed away. And um, we were recently sort of, you know, reflecting on, you know, last year and the amount of time that both my wife and I have spent caregiving and things like that. And again, we were in that same situation of, look, we'd like to spend more time. But it, the, it, the reality is we honestly feel like we could use some more help as well. And so... So we're, again, looking at ways to delegate, you know, just a couple times a week, having a few hours here or there, actually going to benefit us pretty well. So D, delegate, take the time to ask, is there something going on in my life that I can let go and let someone else do? Yes. Yeah, the D. That's okay. the D. I'm ready for A. 
The second one is, I, I mean, we live in a wonderful time with our computers and things like that. But at the same time, they send a ton of information to us that we constantly have to process, right? And email is one of the worst ones right now. I believe I have four email boxes that get, get consolidated into one because I have two podcasts. I have a consulting website. I have a marketing website. And all of those things are constantly sending me information. And oftentimes we don't leverage the tools that we have. So whether it's in Google uh, or it's in you know Microsoft Outlook, it doesn't really matter. Those tools have the ability to categorize your emails. They also have ways to apply rules to your emails. And rather than sitting and you know, thinking about how do I automate things, oftentimes we just let the flood of information continually come in. I'll give the listeners one simple one here. Inside of your inbox today, you can go into your inbox and create a rule for every time that the word subscribe appears in your inbox to highlight that email or mark it as already read. If it's something that you don't, you just oftentimes just go through and click. I mean, I see a lot of people do this where they continually click all these things and then they hit that, you know, mark is read button. It's like, well, maybe you should unsubscribe from those things, or maybe you should maybe save them for later and do it as like a digest, you know, flip through them all at once. The beautiful thing is the Gmail accounts, they can apply a flag to that where you can read all of those things once a week instead of having to look at at them every single day. So as they come into my inbox, they're all marked already and they just sit there for whenever I'm ready to actually go look at things that I subscribe to. So uh, that's a quick, quick one on A. So automate. This is something that I am personally diving into in 2023 because automation usually requires technology and technology has been something that is not always my friend. Right. I don't want to say I don't want to say it's my enemy because I don't want to put that out there, but Today, there are many, many tools that you can use. And sometimes it's just saying, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to figure out how to automate one thing. Maybe it's the calendar, maybe it's the email, but to take the time to do it because it really is a time saver. Even if technology can be a little scary, which it is for me, I've been so grateful that I've carved out time to do that. And I love, yes, I do a similar thing with emails because that is something that is a huge trigger for me for overwhelm. If I open up my emails for the day and I have a number of different inboxes as well, and I see 80, immediately it's putting me into this state of of panic. Mm. What's in there, right? And right. then you can't not look when you see that you have so many. So if there's a way to flag them or put them away for uh, Sunday, that's a great tip. So hopefully, listeners, if you're not already doing this, you have a very tangible takeaway something that you can work on this week. That brings us to R. Yeah, so for R, it's reschedule. So, you know, whenever you see that you're double or triple booked or whatever, my question would be, if these things are of value to you and they're definitely things that you want to contribute to, is there a way to possibly reschedule or reshuffle things so that you're not double booked or triple booked in your schedule? Also, it's another opportunity to think about you know, ways to partner with people leading you to a place that you want to go. 
And so sometimes, I mean, I've I've had this situation with other individuals where they'll reschedule two or three times the same meeting. So over and over again, they're kind of a repeat rescheduler. And so my question always is, well, is this meeting of value? Is it something that we really need? I mean, it really should draw you to a lot of questions about what specifically is on your agenda and and is it something that actually contributes to what you're needing to do or not? And if not, maybe it's an opportunity to actually to get rid of it, which is the E, which is eliminate. So I'll skip to that, you know, in this as well. But I mean, rescheduling as you're doing that, I think a part of the the dialogue that should be running through your head is not just should I move this thing that might actually solve something here and now. But the secondary question is, do I even need this at all? And I I actually just was creating a video for a, a YouTube channel that I have around making sure that meetings are meaningful. And I was saying the same exact thing in that video that how you think about meetings that you're having and things like that, it's important to sort of consider, is this thing even needed in the first place? Could I just send out an email and and answer somebody's question and then I don't need the meeting anymore? Rescheduling and eliminating. What I'm hearing with R and E is again this deep dive to asking the more difficult question. It's not that difficult to reschedule something or maybe eliminate doing the dishes tonight. Right. But the deeper question is what are you choosing to put on your plate? And I used to do a podcast once a week. And then my aunt got ill. My kids were getting ready to graduate from high school and move. And I was feeling very overwhelmed trying to keep up with that pace, Mm -hmm. but also live my life in line with my values of family and making memories with the people I love. And so I had to stop and say, okay, Heather, what is the, the clearest path here to not feeling overwhelmed? It's to eliminate something. Well, I'm not going to eliminate spending time with my family right now in this season. So I eliminated one podcast every other week. And I had a huge sense of relief when I did that. It was a tough decision. It was a tough business and personal decision for me, but it was a path to finding more space so that I didn't feel overwhelmed. I'm guessing you spend a lot of time with people helping them make these tough decisions. Yes. And a lot of them are senior executives and or their, you know, their CEOs. And whenever they come to me, I always, I always sort of have to, to reflect a little bit with them because they oftentimes come and they say, look, I have no, I have no time. And, and I'm like, okay, but you're here. You're here and you're here now. So you made time for this. Let's talk about what other things are you making time for that you feel are important. And then from that, let's let's try and develop a more strategic list of actually controlling what comes back on the plate. Because, you know, one of the one of the last things that I talk about in the book as well is this idea of having somebody that holds you accountable. My wife is a good uh person, you know, in my life that's constantly saying, you know, does this really match what we want to do? And and sometimes my sort of approach to things is, well, let's see. I mean, kind of like your your thought about the podcast. I mean, if if things don't match up and it doesn't feel like I have enough time, I also am somebody that will pull out the big Sharpie and cross something off the list and just say, hey, look, you know, I don't think we should do this anymore. It's not leading us where we want to go. But I also have a very 
sort of uh, entrepreneurial spirit and want to be creative and and things like that. And and that leads me into trouble with my schedule as well. And so it uh, it's something that I have to continually be held accountable for. And that's what I sort of work with people with on a regular basis as well. And when you said you will often say things like, well, let's see how it goes. That's almost how I trick myself into letting myself eliminate something. I'll say I'm eliminating it for now. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of feel that out and see how my life is going. And then maybe I'll pick it back up again. I'm not saying I'm stopping doing this forever. I say right now for things that are happening and that will happen in doctoral programs. You may be doing data collection and you need to be out there interviewing people or conducting focus groups or whatnot. And so something else may have to go for a period of time. Right. Right. So it's really about this juggling and balancing and acknowledging different seasons, but always against this backdrop of this is what I value. These are my core categories and finding someone, it sounds like, to kind of be that little that little bird on your shoulder saying, hey, now, before you schedule that meeting or before you you agree to this additional responsibility, are you sure this is bringing you to where you want to be? And are you sure this is a reflection of the life that you want to live? Yeah, it's so important. And the other term that I would bring back as well, a lot of us have heard this term work-life balance. I mean, the reality is you only live one life. So, I mean, it's life balance and how you balance your life is really up to you. Uh, For my coaching clients, we first will talk about their list we also will very specifically talk about, you know, their overcommitment dare and how are they going to make progress on a weekly basis and really focus on these things, which is what the overcommitment cleanse does for you as well. And so I, I definitely would encourage people to go take the cleanse. And I'm going to encourage the audience to grab a buddy or two and <laughs> take the cleanse together. That's what I'm going to be doing after we end this call. I love this idea of a dare commitment. Dare. It it almost feels like dare to be the CEO of your life, dare to stand up for what it is that you want. I know that for me, as I was thinking about 2023, sometimes I will pretend like someone is watching my life, (laughs) you you know, and what would they say I value? If someone was just watching my life like a movie, what would they say Heather valued? What does Heather value most? And while I value being an employee who executes and brings worth to a company, I don't want my main message to be Heather worked. I don't don't want that to be the main theme of my movie. And so I think this overcommitment cleanse could help people get clear But in addition to all this, I want to make clear when you're in a doctoral program, there is a lot going on. There often is more things that you need to do than there's time for. So have compassion for yourself, recognize the seasons. But if you can have someone come walk this journey with you to remind you to maybe pause when you need to pause and to recalibrate, realign when you need to realign, knowing that this is a season, but There are ways to navigate that season. Sometimes maybe it's taking a time off or maybe it's taking a class over again, right? When something is happening to you or a family member, again, just prioritizing 
I keep coming back to this word compassion. It's not easy to deal with feelings of overcommitment when you're in the situation you're in when you're in a doctoral program. But I do believe if you took the DARE commitment, it could be a little less uncomfortable. So Don, I will absolutely make sure that the link to the overcommitment cleanse and your book are in the show notes and encourage everyone to check this out. But before we sign off, I would love to know, do you have a favorite quote or final words of wisdom you want to leave us with? Yes, I believe that this comes from James Mishner. It's the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence, whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he's working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. Oh, see, that's exactly what I just said I wanted to be. So (laughs) that quote is causing me to say, Heather, maybe you need to reframe how you're approaching work. And if you approach work as a little bit more play, maybe it wouldn't look like work. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, you know, taking that time for yourself to try and make sure that what you're doing is aligned with what you want is just so important and and will help you lead a much happier life, which is kind of the secondary part of the title, the how to transform your habits and achieve the life you desire. That's where that came from was this idea of just sort of taking time for yourself and taking that pause is important. We are recording this in January 2023, and I'm going to get it out there soon. So a great way to start a new year, getting clear on what you want and how to get there without feeling overcommitted. Don, I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with us today. It's been such a pleasure to hang out with you. Same here, Heather. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Until then, if you're looking for more ways to invite joy in your journey, check out the free resources at expandyourhappy.com. You'll find downloads like an article I wrote titled The Doctoral Journey, 12 Things You Need to Know That They Probably Won't Tell You. You'll also find a PDF that organizes all podcasts by the seven steps detailed in the Happy Doc Student Handbook, which you can also find on the website. Finally, if you're looking for a Happy Doc student swag, I've got that too. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. And if you want to make my day, rate and review so that together we can change the way doctoral education is delivered and experienced. Hey, one more thing. Just a quick reminder that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. 